these strategies are just the foundation that will help you make strong decisions in your business. And by that, I mean, is now a good time to hire? What's my budget for hiring? Can I delegate more to my team? This person's asking for a raise. I want to invest in marketing. I want to invest in ads. I, you know, I want to take the month of July off. What would that look like for me? Just making, or I want to take an extended maternity leave. What will that look like? And by knowing these numbers, you'll be able to make those types of decisions in your business. Okay. Hi, I'm Olivia Austin, brand designer, strategist, business coach, and life enthusiast. I'm obsessed with helping people build a dream life and business that allows them to wake up every day doing what they love and make money doing it. Each episode, I'll take you behind the scenes on how to build an authentic brand, intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. So grab a coffee, open up your journal. This is Behind the Design Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Behind the Design Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Austin, and I am so excited to have you here today. So I sort of feel, I I want to get this off my chest, I sort of feel like today's podcast title is a little gimmicky. I changed it last minute, and the reason I did this is because I feel like I don't know. It's true. If you want to make more money in 2024, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about doing that. So if you want to make more money in 2024, 2024, we're going to review your numbers, trim the fat, and then increase your profitability. And I want to talk, I want to first talk about profitability. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I talk about this a lot. And it's because in entrepreneurship or it's specifically in online businesses, there's so much about like how to make a million dollars, how to make $30,000 a month, how to make $10,000 a month. But those are just numbers. That is purely revenue. And profitability is what you have left over after your expenses, after taxes are paid, all of that. So what are you actually holding on to? You could make a million dollars a year, but if you're spending $900,000, oh my God, what's the point? (laughs) Like you could make less than that and become more profitable. And this is actually something that I've been working towards the last few years because we were making half a million dollars a year as an agency, but we weren't as profitable as we are now making a little bit less revenue and having a tighter team. And now that we've kind of gotten to that point and we are now a small but nimble team, our profitability is an average of 60 to 70%. And that is including, I would say it's an average 60%. I need to actually look the number. I think it's like 63% is our average profitability. And we are, which is way, way more profitable than we were making a few hundred thousand dollars more a year. I work half of the hours, maybe I literally have daycare or have help Tuesdays and Fridays. And over the last two years, you know, we have really increased our profitability by doing what I'm talking about in this episode. And what happened was I really want you to go back and listen to a few of the of previous episodes where I talk about this. But what happened was, is I did get caught up in the revenue number. I got caught in more clients, more clients, more clients, and not even looking at what we were spending and what the profitability was and what how much I was working in order to maintain that revenue. 
Now, I'm not saying it's not possible because it's absolutely possible. For me, it happened really, really quickly to a point where we had to scale back a little bit. And now I feel really good to start scaling up and adding more to our plate and increasing the revenue, but keeping, maintaining, or even increasing the profitability as we grow and scale back up to that $500,000, $700,000 a year that, we, that I want to continue to maintain with what we're doing. So that's that. And if you're not, and, and I talk about this a lot too, you need to know your numbers. It's not enough as a business owner to say, oh, I'm not good at math. I don't know my numbers. The numbers scare me. There is no way that you can grow your business and build a life that you want and have higher profitability if you don't know your numbers. And I will tell you that (laughs) for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity that you listen to this podcast. So one thing I am going to talk about today is our business design studio business blueprint that's in my template shop. And I live and die by the spreadsheet. I am in the spreadsheet literally every single day. It has everything mapped out for you. It has all of the expenses. It has what you're paying contractors, what your salary is. It has where your clients are coming from, setting goals, and then it has projections and planning. So how you're knowing your capacity, your your capacity, what the next month is, what the following month is, which all help you to make decisions and value-driven decisions and smart decisions for your business going forward. So if you want to use that blueprint, which I highly recommend, which is why it's in my template shop, you can go to byoliviaaustin.com shop and use code BTD10, and that'll give you 10% off. And this is not a shameless plug. I, everything that's in my template shop, I seriously created to make your life easier. I know for me, when I was starting my design agency and even in the early years of, you know, making a decent revenue and profit in my business, there wasn't as much designer education or creative education that there is now. Now there are designers who are sharing their knowledge and there's courses and there's courses on not just doing like becoming a better designer, but how to actually run a business and not being a freelancer, which is absolutely amazing. But when I was starting out, they didn't have that. So I actually put all of the templates in there to literally help you. So I highly recommend this blueprint. This is something that all of my one-to-one coaching clients get, all of the girls in my mastermind get. So highly recommend using it. Okay. So let's dive into the podcast episodes. So, or the main part of the podcast episode is, so we're going to dive into reviewing your numbers, doing a financial health check, and then trimming the fat. Oh, one other thing I actually did want to say before going into all of that is after 2023, so after the new year, everyone was talking about how 2023 was a tough year. Feel free to send me a message or DM on Instagram if 2023 was a tough year for you, but it's crazy how no one said it while it was happening. Everyone was acting like, oh, 2023, like great year, you know, you know, whatever, keep marketing, all that stuff until it was over and everyone reviewed their numbers and they were like, oh my God, what the heck? 2023 was a tough year. And this is true for me. It was a tough year, but I'm not sure. But I also, you know, took a very extended maternity leave, took time off my business, completely pivoted our direction. So that might've had a 
had a factor in it. But I will say with these strategies that I'm going to talk about, reviewing your numbers, trimming the fat, and doing a financial health check, we, while I was on maternity leave, so as most of you guys know, if you listen to the podcast episode, I took, I had planned a four and a half month, five month maternity leave. And then we had a lot of issues with childcare, which we still don't have daycare. So I basically took like eight months off ish of work, like working like very, very part-time hours, like maybe 15 hours a week. But with all of that, by implementing these strategies, we were still profitable because we were running really lean. I knew our projections. I knew what was coming in. I knew what was going out. And I was able to make really smart decisions where I was still able to pay myself, pay my team and have some left over. Now, do we have as much in the bank as I usually like to have? No, but we were never in the red, even with me working severely, like severely (laughs) extreme part-time hours and basically just like maintaining. So highly recommend, you know, doing all of these things. And this is truly coming from experience. And that's really what I want to hammer home is no matter these strategies that we're going to talk about right now, no matter what kind of year you're having, whether you're projecting a $500,000 year with 70% profitability or a $100,000 year with 80% profitability. These strategies are just the foundation that will help you make strong decisions in your business. And by that, I mean, is now a good time to hire? What's my budget for hiring? Can I delegate more to my team? This person's asking for a raise. I want to invest in marketing. I want to invest in ads. I, you know, I want to take the month of July off. What would that look like for me? Just making, or I want to take an extended maternity leave. What will that look like? And by knowing these numbers, you'll be able to take that type of you'll be able to make those types of decisions in your business. It's no secret. I'm obsessed with helping you build a business around your dream life. And I know the key to doing this is by implementing streamlined processes. My favorite way to do this is through templates. Over the last seven years of owning my design studio current, I've created processes that have allowed me to build a team, scale back on that team, travel without working for weeks, keep my business running while on maternity leave, and still make multiple six figures only working part-time. And you can get these exact templates I use to do all of this in my template shop. In there, I have design process templates in InDesign, all kinds of click up templates from internal to external client folders to help you streamline your entire process from start to finish. This is a bestseller and other resources to help you easily run your business from tons of email templates, like what to send to a client when they're being difficult to a revenue profit blueprint. Chanel said it saved me so much time. I went full-time in my business eight months ago. And before that I was still technically freelancing, but had no actual processes or backend organization for myself. The ClickUp bundle was one of the best investments I've made so far. These templates, I live and die by you guys in my business every single day. And I finally created them for you to help you head to buyoliviaaustin.com slash shop and use code BTD10 for 10% off your entire purchase in your business. Okay. So reviewing your numbers, I have in my notes, the importance of knowing your numbers, but I've already been talking for nine minutes and 15 seconds. And I pretty sure I've hammered that home. So I'm going to move on to my next bullet. So some key metrics to follow in reviewing your numbers 
is your revenue. So this is truly like what's coming in and like, you know, what clients are paying you. And if you look on that, if you did download that blueprint and you see basically the way that we do this is monthly. So we have it broken down per month. So if clients are on payment plans, you know, we can see what the next like few months are. So let's say you have five clients and they're paying you $5,000 a month for, you know, the next four months, you know, you're guaranteed $25,000 a month for the next five months. So, and then, yeah. Okay. So just looking at that and that's what revenue is. It's truly like the money that's coming in. And then you want to look at your expenses and every single expense. Like I don't care what it is. Recently we did, uh, I did a like review on our expenses with our um, accountant and she, he was like, why are you spending so much money on tech? Like what is happening here? So we made some adjustments. We were spending like $3,000 a month on like softwares and tech and all of that, which we just absolutely did not need to be doing. So we made some shifts. We, you know, got rid of that expense and we're just looking at what that is. So I want you to have all of your expenses. Now, again, if you download that blueprint, it has basically everything laid out for you. So I would also look at like what you're paying annually, what you're paying your contractors, you know, Dropbox, Google folder, if you're paying for extra storage, like literally everything. And the way I would do this is I would also go through your, like just your credit card statements for the last like three months and just kind of add everything in there. This might seem daunting to do at first, but it's the same every month. So once you put it in, just like put it in for the rest of the year and that will give you your baseline, right? So that'll be like, okay, no matter what, if I, every single month, this is my expenses. This is what it costs to run my business. Now for us as online business owners, we run super lean. Like we're, we really have that in our in our corner because we don't have a brick and mortar. Well, maybe some of you guys do, but you know, you don't have a brick and mortar. You don't have rent. You um, maybe only have like one or two people on your team, all of that. So that's just something to keep in mind on that front is that we do have that in our corner. So if you have the ability to like, you know, lean down, but even not even that, even making the decisions, which, which we're going to get into that, into trimming the fat, but just being aware and seeing it is where it's important. And then knowing your profit margin. So your revenue, your expenses, and then your profit, which is what's left over. And a question that I get a lot on this is, do you include the owner salary in the expenses? And the answer is yes, I do, because I always want to know, like, like I obviously want to pay myself. So, you know, it's what you're also paying yourself in order to, you know, keep the business running. Okay, so next is the financial health check. And I want you to look at a broad overview of the year. So 2023 is a perfect example. I personally like to look like one or two years back. And you want to look at the biggest revenue generator. Not even like what you like to do, but just what service brought in the most revenue for you. Was it just branding? Was it just website? what, what was the biggest revenue generator for you and the business? And yeah, you can look at 2023 and 2024 or sorry, 2023 and 2022 at that. That's what I did for me. And then also look at your biggest expenses. If you have, you know, a team, 
that's typically the biggest expense, I would say. So that is the one thing to look at, just a broad overview of the year. The next thing I want you to look at is the best and worst months of the year. What were the best and worst months of the year for you? And this is really important to look at because so knowing again, your best and worst months of the year is to know what to plan for. So if you look back at 2023, 2022, I even encourage you to look back at 2021. It's probably pretty consistent. And this is just great to know so that you can plan for if it's like, okay, so July is usually my slowest month of the year. I I also like to take a vacation in July, take a few weeks off, and we're in February now. We're about to be in March, but if you know that, then what? how can we plan? We can plan cash injections. We can plan, you know, trying to get people in. Oh, we can plan our marketing saying, I know you're super busy in July, so let's plan your start date for August. We're closed all of July and August. Let's plan your start date for September, there's just, or you can do, you know, like I said, a few cash injections, which would look like a masterclass doing a sale. If you have templates, like things like that, that you can do if you know that you are going to have a slower month versus being in July and being like, ah, oh my God, I don't have like any clients coming in and going on that like never ending spiral that nobody wants to be on. So that's why it's really important to look at your best. And then same thing goes for your best months of the year. Why are they the best months of the year? Did you do extra marketing? Like really looking and observing of like what happened and why you think that they are the best months of the year and then what you can do to maybe elongate that. Or if it was the best months of the year, but you are super busy, you don't have time to do anything else, blah, blah, blah. How can you fix that for next year? Do you need to hire another team member? Do you need to have, you know, delegate more tasks? Do you need to implement better systems? Like just really doing a health check, like I said, on those best and worst months of the year. And then same goes with the best and worst projects of the year. And I actually love doing this. So we as a team at the end of the year will pick, everyone will pick their top three clients of the year and their bottom three clients of the year. And we will talk about it and we will see what the overlap is. Typically it's all, we're all on the same page. Um, but we will then talk about why they were the, you know, we didn't like the projects or why we loved the projects and actually what we do with these, which I find to be really helpful with just like brand messaging and then just developing red flags within clients we want to and or not want to work with is characteristics. So what were the the qualities and characteristics and like personality traits of the clients that had the best projects? Like why were they so amazing? Like were they tech savvy? Were they marketing heavy? Were they super strategic? Were they already making seven figures? Like where, what were the what were the characteristics of those clients? And then same thing goes with the worst pro the the projects that we didn't love. Was it the type of client that they were what or sorry, what the type of industry that they were in? Was it the actual project? Like maybe we didn't just want to do branding. We wanted to carry on to do website and they didn't want us to. And now they went and built their own website and it stinks and it's hard to look at. <laughs> um so that is really like super valuable. So if you have a team 
highly recommend doing that. It's never too late to do that. Um, and then, um, if you do, if you are by yourself also doing that because it's super, super valuable. Um, and then once you do it, once you do all of this for the year, I want you to do this at the end of every month going forward. So looking at the best, the best projects this month, like what, what went really well and what didn't go well and what, what could improve or just looking kind of like at expenses, like why were expenses so high and, um, and, or why were they so low? Like what went really well? Like, did I have low expenses, but I didn't spend any money on marketing? Like kind of what, what does that look like? And again, this just helps you make decisions going forward, but then also too, it just gives you, you remember things when you do it per month versus as an overview for the year. So thinking in terms like that, as in like, you know, if you do something, a project goes really, really bad and you're like, oh my God, I just want to forget about that. Instead of doing that, really think like, okay, why was this, why was this bad? Like, how could I have improved? Like, what were the red flags? Things like that. And then same thing goes with great clients because that will just help you again, make decisions in your business going forward. Okay. So we talked about reviewing your numbers. So key metrics to follow revenue expenses and profit margin, and then financial health check. So broad overview of the year, what were your biggest revenue generators? What was your biggest expense? And then what were your best and worst months of the year, best and worst projects of the year. So now we're going to talk about trimming the fat. And I guess I kind of already talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but we're going to dive deeper into this because it's super, super important. Identifying unnecessary expenses. So where can you, again, trim the fat? So that's what we're doing. We're trimming the fat. Where can you get rid of unnecessary expenses? Are you paying for like, okay. So for example, for me, I was, this is very silly, but I was spending, I was paying for Spotify and audible. And then I found out that Spotify, you can pay, you can get audiobooks on Spotify. So then I got rid of audible. Like it's an extra $15 a month. Honestly, that's not huge, but it's just where you can save. So just looking things like that, identifying unnecessary, unnecessary expenses. And you can go through this with your accountant or your CPA or whatever. Um, but just looking at it like that, we also switched everything from, we were using Kajabi. We switched to teachable. I personally love Kajabi, nothing wrong with Kajabi, but we're not hosting a website on it. We're not paying anything through it. Everything that I had in Kajabi was free. So moving things to teachable was just a lot more affordable. So just looking at things like that, okay, like where can we trim the fat? What is not necessary? What is necessary? And seeing where you can cut expenses. And like I said, our tech just really added up. It was like $3,000 of tech a month. Like why? What are we doing for that? So just thinking in terms of that. And then I want you to increase your pricing. So can you increase your pricing anywhere? So I would look at your biggest revenue generator and what would it look like to increase your prices by 10 to 30%. I did a a podcast episode. It's episode 88 on pricing your services. I highly recommend going back and doing that and going back and listening to that because I talk about mindset around increasing your pricing because, you know, inflation is here. We, you should definitely be increasing your prices, especially if it's your biggest revenue generator. 
So go back and listen to that episode. So can you increase your pricing anywhere? Can you update your pricing structure where, you know, I think a lot of people think, okay, in order to like make more money, I have to take on more clients, but I've done tons of podcast episodes on this. And you guys know that that is not what I believe. I know that you can just take the services and the clients that you currently have and just either increase your pricing or um, add on services or things like that. So is there anywhere that you can increase your pricing? And then I want you to also look at projects that are least profitable and where the opportunity to fix that is. So let me elaborate. You should be tracking the profitability of every project. So for example, if you have a team and you are paying them, okay, so not even a team. I'm going to backtrack even more. You should be tracking the, the amount of hours that it takes you to do things in your business. So from start to finish of a project, you should be tracking the amount of hours that it takes you because that is also how you're going to figure out profitability because you should have, even if it's just you, quote unquote, your hourly is higher than hiring a designer or someone else. So that is still profitability. Like if a project drags on over months, even with a client, like, you know, ghosting you and then coming back, you're losing money and you're losing profitability by having the project elongated. So one, you should be tracking your hours. I guess I should have mentioned this in the beginning. We use toggle. I love toggle. My team uses toggle. You can pull reports from from Toggle in order to like see how many um, projects, like or how long projects are taking you, what portions of projects are taking you, and going back to like best and worst projects of the year, we will pull reports of the projects of what like how long. Okay, this was a terrible client. Oh my god, they took. 35 hours versus our best client was only 22 hours. So just looking at that also really helps. And especially if it's just you um, in your business, you definitely should be tracking because if you ever do want to hire or delegate, you have a really good understanding of how long things will take you. And that helps you to budget and all of those things. So kind of going on a tangent there, but so you can figure out the profitability if you're tracking, if you're not tracking, but you're just looking at expenses and stuff, where can you enhance profitability within those services? So let's say like for us, our lowest profit margin is copywriting. And we truly have an in-house copywriter because it makes the projects go so much smoother and it just enhances the the client experience. But if you look at it like a per service, like copywriting to investment or like profit margin, it's our lowest service offering, our lowest profit margin and service offering. However, it makes the project go smoother. It elevates our client experience. Our clients absolutely love our copywriter. So you kind of weigh the options. Like where is the opportunity? Yes, we could increase the investment or maybe we can decrease the amount of pages, whatever. So just looking at it like that, like, is there an, is there an opportunity in your least profitable area to fix that? Another thing too, this is one example that comes up in, from one of my coaching clients is she does like ongoing maintenance for clients and her most difficult clients pay her the least amount. And if you have a client that's difficult and they're paying you next to nothing per month, it's literally not worth it to do the service. 
it's not worth it because it's keeping you from moving the needle forward, from working on projects that actually matter, from working on projects that are actually profitable and can help you move the business forward, grow the business, scale the business. It's not worth your sanity. Not worth it. So you should just either get rid of that service and focus on your biggest revenue generator. So if you're focusing on, if your worst projects were clients that were paying you $500 a month, you're, you're literally not making any profit from that, but you look at your biggest revenue generator of the year and you add in two extra clients for the whole year on your biggest revenue generator. That is going to be way smarter, way better, and just make more sense to move the business forward than like trying to take on more of these like least profitable, um, services. So I hope that makes sense. And then, yeah, that's actually it. So referring again, referring to the pricing your services episode, episode 88, highly recommend going back to that and just looking at the the pricing structure, but also in the business blueprint, I have like a services overview on expenses and everything through that. Okay. So today we talked about reviewing your numbers, financial health check and trimming the fat. And this is truly something that I do every single year, every single month. And we're constantly looking at, okay, where can we elevate? Where can we remove? Where can we add in? What can we add into our services? And this just helps us make really, really smart decisions going forward in the business. So like I said, I took an extended maternity leave and you can go back and listen to that episode as well. I think that's like in the eighties. Um, I'm not, I can't remember, but you can go back and listen to that and how I planned for it. But that is using this strategy is also how I planned an extended maternity leave. And then now I'm able to work very limited part-time hours and still have a highly profitable business and not ever be in the red. So I hope this was super helpful. I hope you guys go and make these. This is a great thing to do on like a Sunday and like grab a coffee and just sit down and review. Um, I think that you'll, and, and we're still in the beginning of the year. I know it's like, oh my God, February flew by, but it's never too late to do this. It's never too late to know your numbers. And by knowing your numbers, you're really, really, really going to make smart decisions in your business going forward. And that's what I want from you. It doesn't always need to be more and more and more. Scaling can also look like creating efficiency. It doesn't always need to be bigger and better and more and more and more. It could look like scaling back, becoming more efficient, doing X, Y, Z. So I hope that this, the the longer that I get, that I, that I am in business, that's what I'm realizing. It's like simplify, simplify, simplify. I'm constantly thinking like, okay, this is the idea. How can we simplify it? How can we make it easier, better, Um, make more sense. So hope this was helpful and I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into Behind the Design Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Austin, designer, business mentor, and life enthusiast here to help you build your dream life and business. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review and share. And don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at byoliviaaustin. I would love to hear from you. Head to byoliviaaustin.com for free trainings, business resources, courses, and other ways to work with me. I will see you in the next episode.